we've always been there for you, from the short trips to the long journeys, and we'll still be there for you when all of this is over. Until then, stay home and stay safe. Total, committed to better energy. Good day and welcome to the big interview brought to you by Total. In August, we celebrate Women's Month by honoring incredible women across every field, including the football field. My guest today needs no introduction, but I'll introduce her anyway. She's a former Banyana Banyana star who featured in the side's first ever official match in 1993. She's the first South African footballer, male or female, to win the Kosafa Cup Championship, both as a player and coach. She's a two-time CAF Women's Coach of the Year, and she led us to our first ever World Cup in France 2019. It's our honor and pleasure to welcome Desiree Ellis onto the show. I'm your host, Slu Paho, and this is SL Radio. Sokala Duma Radio. You might be missing your teammates on the field right now, but that doesn't mean you can't show off your mind-blowing ball skills. Total wants you and your friends to go viral with the Don't Drop the Ball Challenge, because even when you're stuck indoors, you can still wow the nation with your moves. Just take a video clip of yourself doing a kick-up trick with a football, don't let it drop, and then pass it out of frame. Post your video to social media with the Don't Drop the Ball hashtag and tag three of your friends while challenging them to do the same. Keep that ball in the air and you and your mates could each win WeGroup vouchers worth 500 Rand to use at Bonjour shops at a total service station near you. The videos that we think show the maddest skills will be announced on the 24th of August. For more information, visit total.co.za forward slash don't drop the ball. It is my pleasure to be joined on the line by Banyana Banyana coach Desiree Ellis. Desiree, welcome to the big interview. Um, good, good day and thanks for having me. So we spoke to Fran Hilton Smith a few weeks ago recently about the importance of World Cup qualification, which she's been pushing for forever. Uh, having coached Banyana to their maiden tournament, how does it feel seeing the likes of Rifilwe Jane, uh, Jermaine Siopesenwa, Linda Mutlalo, uh, and many more earning moves to European leagues? Look, I'm very excited. You know, Tembi, um, Linda Janine, um, you know, Rafilwe and Rhoda and a few others have, have, be, have actually played in your uh, abroad before. But you're right, they, the World Cup has uh, definitely opened up um, so many opportunities for others. And, you know, uh, some have gone to better leagues and uh, there are many others, you know, that have gone before. And um, playing at the World Cup has, has, has just confirmed um, what we knew all along, you know, that we have talent um, in this country, but they just... Um, needed to be seen at the highest level and make no mistake, our players have put in the work and now uh, they're reaping all the rewards. You know, when I look at football, I always ask myself the question, without a Maradona, do we get a Messi? So looking at younger women coming through the ranks now, how does this change their view of what can be accomplished in the sport? Look, it's incredible that we have a consistent pipeline of players coming through, you know, from our youth teams. But uh, I had the privilege of being at the National Champions, Cecil National Championships, and I saw 14 and 15 year olds, you know, holding their own, you know. And we have regularly um, given players and integrated players into the team. And some of them are now regulars, you know. Um, you know, the likes of Karabra and Sibulili are still, Notolo are still eligible for. For, for for the under un, under 20 senior team but it shows you know that if you put the hard work in you know that you know 
um, it's possible. And some of these players um, have played at under 17 World Cups. And um, I'm just excited to, you know, as the future is indeed very bright for many years to come because uh, under 17 are on the verge of qualifying again. And uh, your coach, Gludlow, uh, has done an amazing job. And the group that went to the under 17 World Cup is now, um, you know, progressed to or graduated to the under 20 um, uh, national team. And hopefully, Coach Jabu can take this group and qualify for the first ever World Cup. That'll be fantastic. And, you know, on the continental level, it's been a bit of a bittersweet year. We'll start with the bitter side. So Women's AFCON was cancelled instead of postponed. Did this come as a surprise to you? <laughs> Look, um, it's very disappointing for women's football. And I can only imagine, you know, how it must be for the players. Um, because 2020 really seems so far away, you know. But um, fortunately, it is what it is at that moment, you know. Mm. And uh, do you think, like other international competitions, it could have just been maybe rescheduled or suspended indefinitely with the hope of a return? Look, um, you know, we were disappointed when the announcement was made and it was really, really close to the tournament and it was disappointing, especially for the players. And, uh, uh, you know, um, I'm not sure, uh, you know, what the rationale was behind it, but, uh, you know, we have to move on. Um, It's not happening Um, and we have to prepare and, and, and look forward to the next one. Now, on the sweet side of things, we have confirmation that there will be a Women's CAF Champions League. Now, we speak about sending talent to Europe, but what what does this do for women's soccer on the continent? I think uh, I'm very excited uh, by the new um, CAF Women's Strategy. Um, we have always asked for more competitions, and this is part of that strategy. And this is exciting news, I think, as um, you know, all federations will now have to assist clubs and uh, and make sure that they are well represented. Um, but more so, you know, others uh, who do not have leagues um, will now have to get up and running because obviously this is the most prestigious club tournament now on the continent. And I can't wait to see what else CAF has to offer. But, um, you know, on another level, I would like to con- once again congrat- congratulate my Melody Sundowns, um, you know, and wish them all in the, in the Champions League. Um, they will be representing South Africa. And I think this, you know, can only take the level of football on the continent, continent to greater heights because we all know we have talent on the continent, but this is just going to push it to another level with clubs now competing. And through that, national teams will get stronger. Uh, now, I'm going to sneak in a question here because we always talk about sundowns on the continent and now we have their women's team going to go and represent us. Uh, but we look at a team like Kaiser Chiefs, we're still waiting for them to, to start a women's side. What do you think, them being the most uh, well-supported club in the country, what do you think it would do for the women's game if Chiefs started their own women's side? You know, I've spoken before about um, the top PSL club clubs coming on board because they are brand on their own, you know, and what they'll bring with them is more brands. And, uh, you know, um, women's football needs more sponsorship and them being along with Orlando Pirates and other PSL teams will really add value um, to to the league itself. But more importantly, I think that, um, you know, uh, everybody will get the game up and running and, and I'm sure that, you know, we'll attract more sponsors, but it will also improve the brand of the, of, of the, of the league. And, and as we've seen with, with, with the, with the PSL, you know, they have just grown from strength to strength. And I think uh, sooner rather than later, you know, you look at the, in Europe, you look at Real Madrid were one of the last teams um, to get a, get a team. Manchester United were one of the last teams to get, uh, but all the, the EPL and La Liga, most of them have, um, have uh, female teams and those leagues have really gone from strength to strength and you can see it in the national teams. 
Definitely. Now, currently, we don't know when international football will return. Um, there has been some whispers, of course. Uh, in the meantime, how do you prepare during all of this uncertainty? Look, um, it's not something that uh, anyone planned. Um, it's been it's been a frustrating period, though. And at, unfortunately, you know, at this moment, it's almost like football has taken the back seat, not just in South Africa, but in a lot of parts of the world. So, yes, um, some leagues have started and, you know, it's great to see. But when you watch it on television, you know, it's not what, what we used to seeing. Mm. So now we're just having to take care of our families, you know, and make sure that everybody's okay, Um and obviously not playing regularly um, has pushed uh, many of us further backwards. And I think it will take a few months, maybe longer, you know, depending on on, on how long we're going to be inactive. But uh, we first have to play our part, you know, and be responsible. And in that way, we can flatten the curve and, you know, um, and then we can all get back to doing what we love. But we all know that when we return, it's going to be... Um, a very different kind of normal. Yeah, uh, a stadium full of fans, social distancing is is, is uh, what we're perhaps looking at next season. Uh, now, here's a, a question that it's a bit tough. I think we always celebrate the victories, but we never really ask coaches about the, the how, how to come back from defeat. So after the highs of the World Cup uh, and the recognition it earned us, uh, we, we had the lows of not making the Olympics. As a coach, um, how do you get the team ready for their next target? How do you reassure them of their ability on the pitch? Look, um, that was definitely, you know, one of the lowest of lows after the, as you mentioned, the highs after the World Cup. And, uh, you know, we were just not clinical enough in that game. And the penalty shootout, you know, is a lottery. Um, but not qualifying, you know, doesn't make you a bad team. You know, just like everybody else, we always want to win every game. But the reality is of life is that you you never had a team, you know, um, that can win everything without failing. But we look forward to, um, you know, uh, for, to things getting back to normal after after the pandemic. I remember, you know, not qualifying for the 2014 World Cup really, really drove drove the group um, and made sure that we qualified in 2019. And I'm sure the disappointment and the hurt of not uh, qualifying for the Olympics will, will obviously push this team to greater heights. And the next big, biggest competition is obviously the 2022 um, African Women's Championships, which also doubles up as a, as, a, as a World Cup qualifier. So it's all to play for. Of course. And, uh, you know, when you think back to your playing days, you're, of course, um, a, a former star yourself. Do you think that uh, Desiree Ellis, the player, would make the current Banyana Banyana squad? <laughs> uh, Slow, you're putting me under pressure here, man. <laughs> uh, you, you know, when I look back, right, um, you know, the game has evolved so much and it evolves continuously and, pl and and players have to do the same, you know, and I think our group of players, we were a different generation of players and, and um, of course we had some amazing players. I think Kabu Zita was probably one of the most skillful players I ever played with. Um, Veronica Pewa, you know, uh, one, a, a fantastic left footer. And I remember she once scored seven goals at the Kusafa Cup. And then you have, Joanne Solomon, who scored goals for fun. But I think, man, we, uh, um, as that generation, we paved the way for the generations that followed, you know. Yeah. The next generation was led by the amazing Portia Medici. When, when I stopped playing, um, I just started playing with Portia two years prior to that. So just like it was our time back then, I think it's now the time of this current group of players to shine, you know. And mm. they made 
everyone else's dream come true when they qualified for the World Cup because you had a lot of former players that say thank you for for doing it for us. So I, I I don't want to take the shine away from this group because they deserved everything that you know they worked for this last couple of years. A humble queen, Desiree. All right. So uh, we spoke to Fran, and and she said that back when she started, um, there was it was very difficult for for. To, uh, for them to set up local teams and uh, for them to find pitches and stuff like that. But um, you guys now have a much more professional system, I'd imagine. So how much contact do you have with local teams, academies and development centers? And uh, what type of network do you guys have set up with the, with the women's national team? Look, there are not many, many academies or, or development centers as such. I know of the HBC. Um, there are a few other teams, um, Sunflower, JVW, Cape Town Roses, for example, um, Rosina Sedibani, and a few others that um, have a lot of junior and youth teams in the in the whole setup. But uh, I've been trying to stay in contact with the coaches and, and regularly interact um, to them about the players in the national teams and how they can assist us to be better. Um, you know, so that's been consistent. Um, we also chat about football-related matters. And um, I have not, of course, been in touch with everyone yet. But um, it's the next step, you know, because we have to have that relationship and that synergy because um, what they do on the ground impacts um, heavily on the national teams and how well the national teams do. So, you know, our success is their success. So the next step is is, is that to, to interact more and to get more involvement. And obviously, if we work together, we can do so much more. And when it comes to women's coaching, what do you make of the systems in place to develop more female coaches? And what was your experience coming through the ranks? Well, as you know, you know, all of our national teams are female head coaches and uh, the SAFA president, Dr. Jordan, said that, you know, um, our women's national teams will be coached by female coaches. But um, Fran Hilton-Smith was on a very big mission, you know, um, to develop more coaches. And, and besides myself, you know, all the other coaches involved um, in the women's national team came through that development, you know. Um, but we always need more coaches. Um, but we also have to find schools and we have to find clubs you know, to place them. Um, otherwise, we are just developing coaches for the sake of developing coaches because um, uh, they can then continue to develop more players so that we have a consistent pipeline. But, uh, you know, you have to go through the processes, obviously, of going through the coaching courses. But uh, it has been fantastic and to see so many coming through. Now we just have to find place to place them so that they can carry on uh, developing more players for us. And uh, how do you make sure that the national team stays motivated and that they don't drop the ball even during this pandemic? Look, um, it has been very difficult, you know, because uh, we all handle situations differently. And um, sometimes, you know, uh, people close themselves off and you don't know you don't know what they are going through. And, you know, and then they have no one to turn to. So when the lockdown started, um, you know, I spent a lot of time uh, making contact with all the people I work with, the coaches, the players, um, other colleagues, staff members in Banyana, you know, as well as local coaches. And uh, this has been an ongoing process where we regularly do that. Um, um, and just, uh, you know, maybe they just want to hear a different voice. Maybe they just need someone to listen to. And we have a, we have a core group of um, Banyana players. Uh, so we decided to 
you know, divide the group in three with myself, uh, Coach Tina uh, Sonke taking some and the performance analyst, Coach Celine, because we felt that we needed to give personal interaction to players, you know, um, and have discussions about several things. And sometimes it's not just about football. Sometimes just, just talking to them, um, finding out how they are, you know, because uh, every day during this time has been extremely difficult yeah. for players that are regularly out on the field. So I've stayed in touch with players abroad as well, as well as, um, you know, players that are at schools and university um, in the USA. And uh, being in touch with everyone man, has just been amazing because checking up on them and helping them, um, you know, um, and then also sitting with a fitness trainer, um, well, uh, you know, being in touch with him and making sure, you know, that we send out regular training programs to the players to make sure, you know, that we limit, limit the impact of COVID. And each and every player has a, has a different space that they train in, but we've got to make sure that they're active and we've got to continue making sure to keep them motivated to train. Now, for the, for the players, for the supporters, finish this sentence. Don't drop the ball now more than ever because... We have sacrificed so much. We've worked so hard the last couple of years and um, we didn't only come this far to only come this far. You know, we, we've worked so hard. Mm. And we've got to keep pushing in and make sure that we are better than what we were before the pandemic started. Well, uh, the woman who led us to a World Cup, Banyana Banyana coach Desiree Ellis, it's been an honor and a pleasure to have you on the big interview. Thank you very much for joining me on the show. Slu, thanks for having me. And I just want to say to everyone, please take care um, and stay safe and make sure that your families are, are safe and taken care of as well. And that's all for the big interview brought to you by Total. A big thank you to our guest, the one and only Desiree Ellis, for joining us on the show. From myself, your host, Slu Paho, and our editor, Simon Strella, have a fantastic day. We've always been there for you, from the short trips to the long journeys. And we'll still be there for you when all of this is over. Until then, stay home and stay safe. Total, committed to better energy.